time that, sorry. <laughs> Good morning, church. Um, before we begin, let me pray. Father God, man, thank you so much for being alive. Thank you so much for loving us and being with us. Lord, I pray that these would be your words and not our own. pray that you would just speak um, through Heather and just open up the hearts to hear what you have to say today. God, thank you so much uh, for who you are and having a plan. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Well, good morning again, church. My name is Sush. I'm one of the elders here at Grace. Uh, we are in our third part of a four-part series on this Advent conspiracy, and it's really this kind of a, another look at what it means to engage in Advent, what it means to anticipate the coming and the birth of Jesus. Uh, this part is entitled Loving All, and we decided to share a story. We wanted to invite someone up here to share kind of their process and some things that have happened recently. Um, and so I, I want to introduce you guys to Heather. Say hi, everyone. Hi, Heather. Hey, hey, okay. Good morning. Good morning. Um, so Heather, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yeah, just some basic background. Um, I grew up in Traverse City area, Michigan, just 10 minutes north of there. Moved down to Ann Arbor for school in 2012. Uh, went to U of M, studied psychology. I graduated in 2016, and uh, now I work at Quicken Loans in Detroit. And give us a little bit more about you know, the background growing up and your relationship with your family and kind of the foundation that that set for you. Yeah, um, so my relationship with my family and, and the dynamic there was unhealthy at best, I'd say. Um, like I had a really hard relationship with my dad um, he tried to really get me to fit these cultural norms for femininity, um, what girls and women should be like. And I was always a tomboy, um, so I just didn't fit those. And so I constantly received the message that there was something wrong with me. I was not okay as I was. And in order, and since with cultural femininity, value is in appearance, since I didn't fit that, I didn't have value. Um, and he would just constantly say that he always wanted a daddy's girl. Um, and I couldn't be that, just it wasn't who I was at that time. And so I just felt like I wasn't the daughter that he wanted. And it feels like, you know, as I reflect it, it feels like that there was this sense of rejection, right? That you, you were made, even though you were made as a woman, made as a girl, that that is not, you weren't made right. You weren't made the right way. Yeah, it left me with some, with some questions that went answered or that got really negative answers. So mm. like, am I loved? Am I accepted? Is the way I'm made good? And since the, the I mean, the messages that I got was that no, I wasn't. Mm. Um, it led to a lot of insecurity and social anxiety and just fears um, and this intense discomfort with who I was and just the inability to be comfortable in my own skin. Mm. So all of that kind of compiled as I grew up and as I got older. Um, it was just a really difficult tension to walk. Yeah. And, you know, you had this kind of shaky foundation growing up that was built for you. And then you transitioned to college, right? You, you left. And what, what, was that, what was that like? What ended up happening there? Yeah, so, well, so I had grown up in the church, like, but it was always just to kind of go to keep my parents happy, um, as you do. And, yeah. um, Any of us do. <laughs> but it was fall of my freshman year of college that I realized that, one, I needed Jesus, but that, two, I also wanted my own relationship with him. Yeah. So I became a Christian fall of my freshman year. And that really opened up the door to start, you know, like asking those, those foundational questions of like, why do good things happen to bad people? Why do bad things happen to good people? Mm. 
Um, but then beneath that, I began really wrestling with Jesus about, like, why did he let my upbringing be so hard? Like, why did he let my relationship with my dad be difficult? Like, why? Just why? Like, if he loved me, why did he let that happen? Yeah. Um, and so it was in that that I started digging into that. But, like, even though I was a Christian, even though I had been involved in um, a campus ministry, like, I didn't know how to be in relationship with people. Mm. And so the, um, like, the relationships that I did have with Christians were surface level, and if I felt safe enough to open up, it was very quick to just slap an identity in Christ Bible verse on my wound and be like, here's a Band-Aid for it. Hope this makes you feel better. Your identity is in Christ. And the wound, there, and there was a lot going on, but one of those wounds was this gender identity issue that you're trying to bring up. Right, right? yeah, because like I had this notion that like my femininity was defective, like, and that's such a core part of who we are that somehow I was defective. And like, if I tried sharing that and be like, no, like you're made new in Christ, like you are, and, but it wasn't going to that painful place right. with me. It was just putting a little Band-Aid on it. But at the same time, um, I was also getting to know a lot of non-Christians and they recognized that I needed a friend and they responded to that need in a really tangible way. Mm. Um, they got to know my heart. They went with me to those painful places and just like really got to know me as a person um, and I noticed, like, parts of my personality came out with them more, that, like, I had been embarrassed to share or just too shy to share, and they created this space to be safely known mm. and to, like, let, let, kind of, like, let my heart come alive in their presence. Right. And so it created this, um, it created the space for me to start asking them questions about, like, like, why do I feel this way? What's going on? Like, am I loved? Am I accepted? And they spoke a lot of love into, and acceptance into those wounded places. Mm. So in this whole period, it sounds like you had two experiences with community, mm -hmm. right? In, in, in spite of really you accepting Christ and wanting to follow him, in the church, you experienced a prescriptive community, yeah. a, a community that wasn't deep, then that didn't know you on some yeah. level or didn't try to kind of engage in those deep areas. Yeah. With this non-Christian community, you felt safe. You felt safe. You felt known there. And so they, they essentially had this platform to speak into mm -hmm. your life. How did, what ended up happening with all yeah. of that? Well, in the, they had this platform because they had paved the foundation with love. I knew I was safe. I knew I was loved. And so as I started opening up about the deeper issues in my heart, especially the sense of defective femininity, their response is, well, maybe you're not a woman. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like, and I associated this message of, this message that they were speaking to me with the love and acceptance that I had received from mm -hmm. them. And I was like, this love and acceptance is good, so the message is good too. Mm -hmm. um, and I was just really, I kept hearing that, like, this will end your pain. This will solve all your problems. This will make you love yourself in the way that you haven't before. Like, you'll be able to look in the mirror and not cringe at what you see. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want that. I need that. I can't keep living like this. Mm -hmm. So in that, um, I decided to transition to living as a man. Um, I started taking hormones that had been prescribed by my doctor. I started going by Jamie, and I started using male pronouns. And it just, like freed me from this weight of defective femininity. Like I was able to push that to the side and start living this life that didn't involve that. And I mean, it, it helped for a while. Like I wasn't experiencing the insecurities. I, w I became a lot more comfortable in my own skin. I was more outgoing. I was more confident. It just created a, a lot of really positive changes for a while. And it was in result to a reaction, not necessarily in dealing with this wound or brokenness, but just forgetting about it and going in a completely new path. Yeah, I didn't have to address it, but I also didn't have to engage it right. or like right. live with it. And you said it worked for a while. Mm -hmm. What ended up happening? 
Um, so, af I mean, I thought that once I had transitioned, like, all of my problems would go away. But I realized that after, like, the initial excitement um, had kind of faded and become normal, and I had fully transitioned and was fully socially living as a guy, um, these core questions started coming up again. Like, the, am I loved? Am I accepted? Is the way I'm made good? Mm. And I realized that in recognizing those questions and that they still existed, um, I realized that I hadn't answered them. I had just pushed them to the side, I had masked them, and I had hid the actual problem. But they were surfacing again, and it, they became really painful again. And so I was like, ah, I don't know what to do. Like, I need to start looking inward at this. I need to start, like, addressing this, because this solution that I had gotten from the LGBT community, like, for me, it wasn't working. Mm. It was only a temporary fix to a deeper issue. Mm. In, spite of, in spite of that love and acceptance there, the message that you heard when you tried it, it just didn't take you to the place that you needed to heal. Yeah, it didn't level. get to that deeper level. Sure. Um, so in that, I started looking for answers to those questions elsewhere. Um, I started going, I actually started going to Grace. Um, it was January of 2017 or so. I was like, okay, like, I need to, I need to find answers somewhere because this, the pain of staying the same was greater than the pain of changing. And so I was like, it's time to start changing. It's time to start seeking answers elsewhere. Still living, still living as an, outwardly as a man. Yeah, I was still fully living as a transgender guy at this time. Um, I started going to Grace. I started getting involved in a community group. Um, I started really digging into things in therapy, too. Mm. And just started opening up. And I mean, when I started getting involved, I was really honest with people. I was like, hey, I'm transgender. Like, is that going to be an issue? It's kind of like a test. Like, are you guys going to let me be part of this? It's a, good, it's a good test. Yeah. It's a good test. And I mean, people responded well. They were like, hey, like, we all have different, I mean, we all come from different perspectives on the subject, but we're all in process and we're all here to grow and become more like Jesus. So welcome. Like, welcome to the process. We're glad to have you here. And it really created this, like, the sense in me of, like, there's something different here. There's something more here. Um, like, there, like, I need, like, there's, there's an answer here that I wasn't finding before. And part of those conversations, some of the people in love expressed a different opinion, right? Yeah. Like that, that came out authentically in these relationships that you had. Yeah, like, one of my friends actually was like, of course I believe that God has a plan for your life but I still want to be your friend. Like, I might think he has a plan for you as a woman, but, like, I still want to be your friend, and, like, I just want to, like, be there as you walk alongside this. Mm -hmm. And I, I hadn't experienced that before, especially from Christians. I was like, huh, that's weird. <laughs> like, that's weird. <laughs> it's rather unfortunate, but it's true, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in that context, in that process, I was like, okay, Jesus, like, we are going to figure this out. Like, tell me what you want me to do with my gender. Do you want me to live as a man or as a woman? Tell me. I'll do it, and we'll call this good, and we'll move forward. And he immediately answered the question. No. Um, <laughs> as he often does, he kind of makes us wait on him. Um, this is in January. So yeah, January, this is all culminating in January. Yeah. Um, I, so I was like, okay, well what does it mean to look to just sit here and be in this process then? Like, I was really frustrated because it was like, I was in this period for six months of not knowing where he was going to lead me, yeah. of not knowing who I was going to be, and not knowing how, like, who I was going to be at the core of my identity, like, Jamie or Heather. Like, I, it was like an identity crisis at, like, a really deep level. Um, but being in this space of I don't know prompted me to start looking outside for help. Mm -hmm. So I started... Um, I started asking others for prayers, and I started um, just like telling my story more and opening up and being like, I guess I'm not supposed to do this alone. 
Um, yeah. And it, it was really good because like people weren't prescribing to me an end result. They were like, yeah, like I want to sit with you in this pain. I see that this is hard. I see that this is really confusing. And I don't know the end result, but like, let me come sit next to you while we sit in the I don't know, and mm -hmm. we'll do it together. And so you had people around you. Uh, it's been, it's, this was back in January. This happened for a while. You said yeah. six months, but somewhere around there, some, some things happened. What ended up happening? Yeah, so um, in this time, I had actually applied to law school, and I had received a full ride. Mm. And the day I was supposed to accept or decline the offer, Jesus said, turn it down. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like, this is a full ride yeah. to law school. Like, Jesus, yeah. do you know what we're dealing with here? <laughs> You're like Peter, right? It's like, get behind me, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but I was confident that it was from Jesus. So I turned it down. Yeah. And I was like, all right, like, I know I heard from you. What's next? And so the following day after I turned down this full ride to law school, he was like, how do you feel about going to this women's conference? And I was like, again, Jesus, this makes no sense. I'm living fully as a transgender guy right now. Why do you want me to go to a women's conference? And I agree, it makes no sense. <laughs> no sense. But he, I was, again, so confident that it was from Jesus that I emailed the ministry that was putting it on, and I was like, hey, here's my situation. I'm living fully as a transgender guy, but I'm, I mean, Jesus asked me if I would go to this women's conference, and they were like, awesome. Like, come aboard. Like, we would love to have you here. We'll give you your own room at no extra cost. Um, we just see that Jesus is doing something amazing and doing and really bringing you to a place uh, where he wants to like teach you some things and show you some things. And we want to just create an atmosphere where you can experience that without having to worry about anything else. Mm. So yeah, they just, they welcomed me with open arms and it was just this space of like, okay, here we go. <laughs> right, and how, it's, you know, how did that, did that change the conversation with Jesus? Or what, what was kind of those next steps in process as you made that kind of decision to do yeah. this? Yeah, so I, had, I mean, I told Jesus that I would go at that point. Um, and so then he asked me another question. He said, why are you settling for your brokenness? And I was like, another good question. Um, I don't know, but I'm choosing to live out of this wounded part of my heart because I don't want to look at my defective femininity because that hurts. Yeah. And he was like, he asked me another question. Um, he's very inquisitive. He was like, <laughs> but he doesn't answer very often, right? <laughs> I love you. He was like, that was good. <laughs> he was like, don't you know that I offer wholeness? Yeah. And in that moment, it just got me thinking. I was like, no, I don't. Yeah. If I'm being really honest, I don't believe that one Jesus wants to heal my brokenness. But I didn't think that he was able. Mm. I didn't think that he wanted to go to those painful places of my heart, and I didn't think he wanted to look at that mess, and I didn't think he had anything nice to say about it. Mm. And did you tell, anything about, tell him anything else? I asked him to prove it. I was like, okay, if you say you can heal me, heal me. Hmm. And it just started, like, I think that opened up some willingness in my heart. And the Holy Spirit just kind of filled me up and, like, took over and was like, okay. It gave me the strength to look at these really painful places and to start asking, like, instead of accepting defective femininity as my truth, I started asking, why do I believe my femininity is defective? Like, hmm. what lies am I believing if I, if I intellectually know that my identity is in Christ and he says all of these things about me, why do I not believe that to be true? Like, wow. what lies do I believe? Um, and so he just took me on this journey of a lot of breakthroughs in therapy. Like, uh, I just, my therapist and I got to some really deep places and I would journal a lot. I mean, I would just be really authentic with Jesus about all of my feelings. Like, if I was angry with him, 
I, I was very angry with him, and I, but he can handle that. Like, he could handle mm -hmm. my anger. He could handle my fear. He could handle my joy. We laughed together. We cried together. And he just really stepped into these painful places and like showed me where he was in those moments when other people had hurt me mm. and showed me that he was crying the same tears that I was. Yeah. And this was also in process with people around you who yeah. loved you and cared for you. Yeah, well. and it was through those tangible relationships that, God, well, God used those tangible relationships to like speak his truth into my life. Like I was able to engage and talk with real people about this and Christ used those to be like, yeah, see this, like this is how I view you. Uh. And so in that, in that space, in that processing, I learned um, that like, I needed to bring this defective femininity out of the hiding in order for Jesus to actually go there. Because he's not going to force himself into those parts of our heart. He's yeah. gentle and he's kind. So I had to bring it out and into the open and like really look at it and really just be like, Jesus, what do you, what do you see when you look here? And so in recognizing that I had to bring my defective femininity out of the hiding, I knew that I had to go back to living as Heather. I was like, I can't live in this place where I'm hiding this and expect him to heal it. Mm. So I stopped taking hormones. I started living as Heather again, started socially transitioning back to living as a woman, and I started using female pronouns again. And I had no idea what was going to happen because I knew that people really loved Jamie, but I didn't know if they were going to love Heather. Mm. I didn't know if that person was likable. Um, but in stepping out into that I don't know again and in stepping out like Jesus who's the great affirmer, affirmed who I was in him. He was like, no, like, you are my daughter. I love you, and, like, I want, I want wholeness for you, so, like, let me step into this with you. Hmm. So you've, you've transitioned from being a woman to a man, and then now you've transitioned back from being a man to a woman. Where are you at now? Um, honestly, it's, I'm still very much in process. Like, it's, this stuff is really raw still, and, like, I'm... I mean, there are, I'm, I'm permanently stamped with evidence of my brokenness. Like, being on hormones, my voice dropped, and it's not going to go back. And so I permanently will never be able to fit cultural expectations for femininity. Hmm. So it's like, how do you walk that? Like, and how do, you, how do you kind of live with your brokenness on your sleeve? Um, <laughs> brokenness on your sleeve. Yeah. That's but good. it's given Jesus space to just kind of rip these lies out and replace yeah. them with his truth and like speak like he's so proud of me like he loves me I'm his daughter and yeah I am a daddy's girl yeah like finally That's great. so <laughs> cry. I'm crying I'm crying too I swear I am okay all right oh, good lord help me okay um god I love you I want you to know that um, okay a uh, lot of decisions told us about where you're at right now and we've talked intermittently about the church here. Maybe some good, some bad. Um, on here, what, would you, what, what, is, what are some things, some pieces of advice yeah. that you would want to tell the church? Yeah, I mean, the things that were really impactful for me was when, so when I started going to Grace back in January, and I was really trying to be honest about my process and honest about where I was, I was prioritized by the church, but I wasn't pressured to make an end decision. Like, it was like, what can we do to love and support you and walk through this with you? But there weren't any strings attached to it. It wasn't like, we'll give you this support if you promise to do this. It was like, no, like, we love you and we want to walk with you. Yeah. Um, and so it just, like, it got me thinking of, like, we need to be in process with our own brokenness before yeah. we can engage someone else's. Like, right. it's a privilege, not a right, to speak into someone's life especially regarding areas of gender and sexuality. Like, those are core identity things. And so I think we need to establish that 
groundwork of love and ask the hard questions and, and ask how we can love people and establish that before we can speak our truth and into their lives. Like for me, like people would tell me their perspectives, but they had laid the groundwork of love. I knew I was safe and I knew that they were speaking it out of love. But I also like it was okay to still be in process. Yeah. That's right. Any final words? It, I mean, it's just my hope that like this is like this is the beginning of the conversation. Like this isn't about LGBT anything. Like this is about brokenness and how we engage other people in their brokenness while working on ours. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. you. Love you. <laughs>
Before we pray, one challenge. One challenge. Christmas holidays and going forward, how do we as a church love people better? How do we love them like Jesus did? Let's pray.